Hello and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. Today I'm super excited to have my friend and fashion photographer and also photographer for my um, website, uh, my, my new movement um, with me, Emily, from Live from LA. And we're um, today going to talk about Une Sur Cent, my new company that actually Emily and I, we've been uh, sort of uh, brainstorming together and actually been sort of the kickoff of this whole movement is thanks to you, actually, and our podcast we did a couple of months ago. So welcome and thank you so much for taking your time. Hi. <laughs> Good to see you. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while, I know. And you've yeah. moved into your new home and I haven't even had a virtual tour. We're going to join the virtual Art Basel Hong Kong, we said um, together, but um, the, the virtual tour of your home will have to postpone to, to maybe um, another, another day. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been final, sort of finally moved in. Um, I was able to find a, um, you know the brand hay yeah yeah yeah. I have a lot of hay at home here too in Zurich yeah oh, yeah like um there's a store like a furniture store design within reach and oh, they yeah. sell hay um I, there's an outlet up two hours north from LA and so I was able to get an outdoor table for like a good decent price and I feel very, very good so, I, you know, should, like, I should share this story from my New York apartment, which you know as well. <laughs> I had this little white hay table there. I don't know if you remember. It's like a dice, like if you draw a dice. Uh, mm -hmm. And that little table actually moved with me from New York to Stockholm. And obviously I couldn't resist to have the exact same one for us here in Zurich too. So now we have a black one in Zurich and a white one in Stockholm. So I'm like a super big hay fan. I have like one, two, three, four, five pieces of furniture in a studio um, that are all from hay. So yeah, definitely Copenhagen design is, is everywhere. Yeah. It's so great. It's I mean, so I, have a, I have a coffee table. <laughs> I have some of the trays. I got some some of the crates too so I'm like really happy about it but yeah just like Great. slowly moving in and slowly moving exciting. in yeah yeah but but what I I'm like so excited to to really talk about um sur cent, my my um my company to empower women and empower women globally and that's also why we we sort of talked about it together from the start because I wanted to get sort of your ideas into this um, whole movement and what you thought being a young woman globally working around the world usually and obviously being a bit different during the pandemic but still uh, you still work globally because we work together and yes. <laughs> happened to do a virtual photo shoot for my website and um, we're I'm using your photos on my website for une sur cent so it's it's really cool um that yeah so i mean i'm not like the biggest fan of virtual shoots but like i think sometimes it's, it is pretty necessary to try to do it especially if you want to work with somebody and you can't like actually like travel so right. there was like this app that someone had suggested to me and it was called close c-o-l-s and 
you know, you had like set up a video chat, but you're actually using like the models or like the person you're taking photos, like, like camera. So like all the photos are like saved onto their, onto their phones. They have actually better quality photos instead of actually doing it on like Zoom, which I thought was like really cool. Um, So I think like, even if you can't like travel to say like Europe and you're in California, like you're still able to have a connection with somebody like just being able to talk to them like through like the phone, which I find is like really great. I agree. And I think this is also what what I really feel very strongly about my my movement and this female empowerment um, connection across across borders, across continents and maintaining connected and inspired by each other. I mean, we just shared this this whole vaccine situation before we started talking. And, and this is a simple conversation um, about the pandemic, which we all do, but it's also providing a perspective of how it actually is in that very country, in that very place. So we have a wider horizon because being like stuck at home in one country without traveling creates the sense of, of, of like, close-mindedness and and narrow thinking and and having this exchange I think is is crucial for all of us and especially for women yeah and I think that because you know you're just sitting at home and you're not really connecting with anybody like in real life it's really hard and I think that like there's people that really need the um, community and they really need to be able to like I mean if you're really extroverted you want to be around people like all the time so if you're not around that, I, I think that your quality of life would be really hard. Right. Yeah. But also I think if you're more the introverted type, like me, for example, I'm very introverted and um, I don't really need that many contacts, but even, even me, I, I really strive from seeing people in a, in a like setting where I get a lot of information and connection out of it and therefore my idea of, of having une sur cent being a very sort of dense um, clear setup where I thought like where could what kind of event would I like to attend what kind of networking event and I thought about this idea that I, if I want to connect with inspiring people, I want to do that in a less formal way than these rotary or other clubs and having the lifestyle component that you still live in LA, right? Mm-hmm. In there with, with yoga, for example, to get your exercise in, but also lifestyle component with, with, fas- with fashion, with nice jewelry and with just um, sort of a sense of, of, of pure femininity because something, and I, I'm a little curious to talk to you about that because you work in, in this aesthetic world, how, how you see the female sort of, um, the female power in, in using that female energy too because what I experience personally a lot is that I, push that aside, like I love fashion, I love nice clothes and I love beautiful jewelry. But when it comes to work, I just completely focus on the more like this driven, this masculine energy, this power, um, competition, wanting to be 
sort of com in competition with men usually mostly mm -hmm. and 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 all that feminine part is almost like uh, it's it's too much it's too much uh too trouble too much trouble uh, i just don't want to use it and i want to focus on this this like drivenness but the older i get or maybe the more i'm reflecting and about it the less i think is a good way to go because we as women we should not like create sort of a masculine copy to to be successful we should actually embrace all this lifestyle this beauty this um jewelry clothes nice facial care everything um in order to be successful what do you think i think I mean, I think that a lot of times in business or in just in general, like when you're working and at the office, I'm sure that a lot of women feel like that they can't really speak up. And if they do, that they're labeled as like too, too bitchy or too assertive and like too much of this and this and this that, you know, I think there's a fine line that you have to <laughs> like, you know, juggle mm -hmm. and I don't know if I, I feel myself still trying to figure out that balance between like being assertive and not, not like knowing when to like speak or like you know everything like that um I think also with clothing I mean I love clothes I mean a lot of times I try to dress comfortably for work and I mean it would be nice to be able to dress up more often, but I think mm -hmm. that because we're like all at home, it's like really hard. Um, one of my friends, she was telling me like she just sits up at home, like in front of her desk all day in front of the computer. So she just like wears sweats and I feel I, I can't do that. Like, no. I feel like I have to no, be ready for the day and dress up in a way where, you know, even if it's just my jeans and my t-shirt, I still feel like I have to like get up and I like agree. be ready. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I was thinking about Asian beauty products a lot, big an Asian beauty process for, for your facial care, like um, how you focus in Asia. So and dedicate a lot of time to, um, you know, these beauty rituals for, for your skin, the skincare. And I, know, I, I shared that with my sister and she was like, oh, it's just too much hassle. And I was like, no, actually, I have this 15 minute um, time frame where I shower, get dressed, put my makeup on and I'm done. And it doesn't, it, it's, not, uh, allow, it's not allowed for me to, that it takes more than 15 minutes. And I'm like okay. in competition with myself about it, but, but I do manage and I do manage this, this like quite intense uh, or, or extended beauty care, Asian beauty ritual in, in terms of creams. And my sister was like, oh, it's too much. And I was like, no, it's like five minutes of your day to dedicate to yourself for, for feeling better and, and how, how that is different in Asia, how women are actually allowed to spend that time for their mm -hmm. beauty. Whereas in Europe and in the US, I guess it's more about efficiency. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a mindset really that like, you know, you're doing this routine so you can start your day off right. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's how I like, I view it. Like if I don't take a shower and I don't like wash my face and I feel really gross. <laughs> right, so. yeah. 
And then I would feel gross the rest of the day. Yeah. And then you don't feel good about yourself. Would you be, uh, would you be open to share like your, your sort of morning routine? I wake up, I get some coffee (laughs) and um, I, I like wash my face. I do some serums and I do a lotion and that's a sunscreen and that's about it. Mm-hmm. keep it really light and then if I have to go outside because we have a mask mandate in, in um, LA I pretty much just wear like a mask all the time so I don't really have any makeup which I wish I could wear makeup again so right eventually whenever we can you know the pandemic is over it'll be great to like go back to like lipstick and <laughs> blush and everything I actually do use it because I got these Japanese face masks that are amazing. They are called Pita masks. I don't know if you heard of it. P- oh, I think I have. P-A. Yeah. And with these, the 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 sort of um, the basic um, basic uh, makeup works. I don't use foundation because I can't deal with foundation. But I use um, these. Um, Sort of a wet look, um, which I love. For by the way, that there is this wet look trend since a couple of years back because it's so much better for your skin. Um, yeah. I use those um, from Chanel, and and that actually works pretty well under under this Pita mask. Um, oh, so yeah, I, and and oh. lipstick too. I I just recently felt like yeah, embracing this feminine energy and got myself. Mm-hmm. A, some nice lipstick from Hermes, um, which I adore, by the way, and it's it doesn't um, stick to the mask or anything. This Pitta mask is really, really, really good for for oh, women. Good to know. Yeah. yeah, I highly recommend that one. Yeah, I would love to wear lipstick again. I have this brand from from the Philippines called Sunny's Face, and it's like really high end, but it's like not expensive which is like really nice because like sometimes makeup is just too expensive right, and right. I have a bunch that I would love to wear <laughs> but um yeah I mean where do you find that I, I guess well you know we're in Europe Instagram. So find, <laughs> yeah, like you go just to Sephora or or where do you find well, so it? this particular brand um I've always seen online like on Instagram Oh. And I guess the, the creative director, she used to live in LA and she's from the Philippines. And then when I went there a couple of years ago, like in 2019, um, we went to the mall and I just like bought everything that I wanted. <laughs> oh. So it was like really great. But I mean, maybe I think that was can, like... Uh, maybe we can share that um, that brand in, in, our, in, a, in, the, in the comments of our podcast yeah. so people can actually find it. Because it's always inspiring with new new brands and and uh, new beauty products, especially if they're a bit more unique, less mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Going back, I think a little on on this this whole topic of how to empower each other. I think this is one of the exa- a good example of like sharing beauty products uh, with each other, like beauty routines or or just generally ways of, of living life that you can sort of feel like oh gosh yeah this is this is a way I want to live too and feel inspired when are you having your first event I'm having the first event in Zurich on June 2nd is so, it an in-person or yeah, is it I hope very much so that we can be in person a small number of women and um 
have then um, the rest of the women who wish to participate online. I haven't really figured out if if that is is a is a good idea to have like a a sort of a person in person and um, on screen version. What is your mm -hmm. what do you think? I mean, be would you be interested uh, in participating if you could only participate over over Zoom? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So should yeah. I do it? Do it uh, live streamed. That could be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of people that have probably have Zoom fatigue also. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that in order to like make it in more, I think it has to be more engaging or inviting in some way if yeah. you're going to do it on the internet. Yeah. Maybe have an online only additional event, like a more work round too. table or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I'll think about that. And maybe if you have some ideas, send them along. But yeah, okay. I, I do want to have the international community as part of it, um, because I think I've been traveling the world that lived in multiple places, New York, Shanghai, Stockholm, Zurich, um, been in Hong Kong for a lot of times too. And we've met like in all of, all of those places yeah, yeah. for last <laughs> year. We have Stockholm Fashion Week is still know, on the list. But, um, yeah. but otherwise, yeah, I want to bring them all together in one way or the other. And yeah, I do want to start with these small exclusive live events in Zurich and Stockholm, but I do want to have a way of, of including everyone that is not able to be there personally to be part um, say one day you can't do it because you have a whatever obligation then you can maybe still join via zoom um, mm -hmm. yeah or you could live stream or record your event that's already happening yeah that's a good idea like, like a recording so people can actually redo the yoga and and, and hear it speech afterwards mm -hmm. like sort of a recorded yoga class plus yeah. each. I um oh. I received your your gift of the yoga mat you got it, yeah, I got oh, it. that's so <laughs> exciting yeah Frida's oh. mat is amazing I I'm excited it. to try it out yeah and and it's so cool right it does look like a, a furniture piece like it, it matches well with the hay table doesn't it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I mean in LA everybody's really into wellness it's like a thing you know like supplements like from like or like adaptogens like moon juice and like yoga and pilates so I feel like if you could like somehow tailor to like that kind of group of women too I think that'd be yeah. really cool mm -hmm. right oh yeah everyone's very like health conscious yeah yeah, and I think that, I mean, being a researcher in a medical field is, is obviously a, something I want to include and, and also expand from, from the sheer paper writing and writing only for research articles into a more like um, public, address the public more because the research I'm doing on mental health is obviously affecting people in person and not just something to be shared in, in a research article. 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of that kind of stuff you have to like be able to like connect with people like in real life and not just like have it like on a piece of paper. Because then it turns into like a theory thing instead of more of like a practical, like in person kind of yeah. data. Yeah. I got actually so excited because on Monday I had an I had done a um, interview from with the Swedish um, medical um, radio or the research radio the research and science radio and they interviewed me um, regarding my research so that was really exciting because finally. There was like a connection to society, right? That you yes. can actually share it with society. And one of the reasons why I'm doing these podcasts is obviously too to build like a bridge uh, from research to to practice, and also from from talking only about oh we should do more for women and empower women to actually practically do something and not just empty words. And mm-hmm. so I'm really happy that we 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 are, we're in, in, in this conversation because this is one way also to share it, both mm-hmm. here in Europe, but also in the US because uh, the problem is not that different in the two places, um, unfortunately. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, like, like women like get paid less than men out in companies in the US. I'm not really sure how it is like out in Europe, but like for sure, like women get yeah, paid it's less. Yeah, here. But I heard um, Kamala Harris had a talk, a speech about that lately, um, that that women were more impacted and laid off during the pandemic and less women were hired again um, now since the job market has has like become better um, and women earn like 15% less than men in in the mm-hmm. US and, and um, yeah. Yeah, and like I have a friend right yeah. sorry no go I ahead I have a friend I'm sorry no no you go ahead oh, yeah I have a friend that she was saying that she like if she ends up becoming pregnant that they might just think that she, that her company might not need her anymore which is like a thing yeah. also so like you always have to like be really careful I feel I feel like if you're like a woman in, in a job you have to like if you want to have kids you have to like not tell anybody mm. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's similar here in Switzerland. And that's actually one thing that is a huge difference in Sweden, where, where, the, where this job security is really there, that you, you, you have that and you can even get promoted on while being on parental leave. Imagine that. Wow. That's like absolutely <laughs> incredible, right? And, and I think that's the most important part about the parental leave is actually the job security and the option to to act, even be promoted, whereas as as in Switzerland, it's it's more or less you can be very grateful if if they don't kick you out, and and that yeah. is is already putting women in such a weird position of gratitude instead of of actually being there and the employer to be grateful for the employee doing a good job and and I think as you mentioned just now I think it sounds very similar in the U.S. Yeah I think that also too like you have like in the U.S. you can't just rely on your employer as like that they have your back because they don't (laughs) because they just really care about money and so 
I think that too, like if you like find like a company that like has a really like generous like maternity leave policy or like, I mean, a lot of tech startups kind of have that. So like, that's like a way to go, but Mm -hmm. they also have like a lot of other issues too that you have to like be aware of. And I think that's like, you end up having to be really strategic about where you want to work. And then if you can't be, if you can't be picky about it, then it's also hard. Right, because that makes you sort of be in a disadvantage. That makes you take a mediocre job instead of a good one because you also want to have a family. And I think that's really upsetting to see that this is still happening. But I don't know how you would change things. I think I guess by empowering like like- each other, like by, by actually talking about how much somebody earns and how much um leave you get sort of being transparent and if you because if you're the only one then you and you don't know that other women are having the similar battle then then you you sort of don't feel entitled but if you know from several women around you um from different branches and that's the reason why I want to bring these women together because I know there is a lot of really amazing women out there but they seem to be in their own field or, or they seem to be all by themselves and, and to really bring them together from, from, from um, art to fashion to medical science to, to engineering and all of them legal people like lawyers bring them all together mm-hmm. and then you can also like oh you know if you need some support you actually have that network like men know I'll just call so-and-so and and then I'll I'll get the support whereas we usually don't have that sort of professional network we have a lot of close friends as a network but in the professional field I think it's it's really nice to know like hey if I have a legal problem I call the the part the partner of this law firm because she's one of my friends from Unsursan or she's a friend of mine or she's she's a close contact that I've met personally and if I just call her I will get the professional help I need or if I need somebody to do a cool photo shoot I know Emily because um, she's also part of Unsursan right and then you get somebody to do the job and you know that this person is a trustworthy and good person and you don't have mm-hmm. to go through some kind of random tryout and pay a lot of money um, yeah. approach first. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like to be able to, if I wanna like, if I like I need somebody to help me with something, I would rather have a referral from another friend versus like just like out of the blue, right? Not knowing who they are. Yeah, and I think that can be a very powerful game changer, actually, because there's so many gentlemen clubs out there. There's so many times men go out and have a beer and then the women have to go back and and take care of their family or it's just a cultural thing. I mean, you've been traveling in Japan for for work. You know how it is, right? You see all the guys out and and you're like, where are the women? Like they're all the businessmen. There's like not really that many women. Yeah, and then you have no time to, to network. You have no time to get these important connections. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think like in my life, like if I have like, I have a good network of friends that are women. And I think we always try to help each other out, but I don't really have like a professional mm-hmm. space for that. Yeah. Or like, or I feel like the groups, the, the ones that I'm a part of, they kind of fall flat. Right. I agree mm-hmm. with you. I have the same. And I'm actually going to talk to to the Swiss National Science Foundation gender equality person tomorrow because I said like, hey, you have created this whole body of gender equality approach. But throughout my entire experience as a researcher and fellow, I haven't really gotten any kind of invitation or anything uh, for a round table or any sort of support that I really would need in order to feel hey, I'm going to push through and I'm going to continue and I'm not going to give up my research career. And so we'll see what, what gets out of that. But, but I, I really do feel we need to make our voices heard more and, and, and really try different ways and this trial and error, right? We talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Like you said to your friend, you can have it all. Why do, why do you limit yourself to one or the other when you can actually have it all and I think we should really do say like yeah we can have it all like like all the men can have it all too they can have a family and a career like why should we have that for sure I mean it also takes time but like you can have it all for sure like I think that was so empowering when you said that last time I loved this so much I got so mad though at my friend's friend I was just like are you kidding me you can't tell somebody that like you have to be like yeah you can have it all (laughs) yeah you can have it all but this is really the mainstream thing right you have to still choose like um, I had to fill out some career questionnaire and and there they really were like these questions where where I felt like, oh, did you postpone having a child because of your career? And I thought like, wow, that you even ask this question, right, is already sort of showing how how much we we sort of plan our careers around making it possible to continue because the compatibility is, is such a challenge. And that, for example, question is not a question um, a lot of women I've interviewed um, in Sweden had because I interviewed over a hundred women that were pregnant, and the first one of the first sort of questions was like, "How did you find out you were pregnant?" And they, and I was so struck by they were like, "Oh, it just happened," and I was like, "Excuse me, you're like thirty plus, and it just happened." I mean, haven't you been like? <laughs> informed about contraceptives for like your entire life uh, and how that like you prevent from just happening to be pregnant and it struck me because it was such a contrast to the women who were from another background German or or British or Polish or whatever they were they had so much more planning yeah than that plan is this a good year or this time and now I'm going to change jobs and this and that yeah. and the, the Swedish women were like yeah, just happened and I think this is a very interesting observation when it comes to having this security that your job is not going away if you now become pregnant obviously mm-hmm. takes away huge pressure yeah and I think that 
so countries like the US, I don't think that they value family that much, to be honest. Yeah, no, here it's, here I think they value, and I think in Japan too, they value family, but, but then they expect that one person just values family and the other just values work. And usually mm -hmm. it's the women who have to just value family. Yeah, I think also you have to have like better education too. Like yeah. if you don't have that foundation of education, especially about like sexual health and it's like, you don't know what to do. Yeah, like, it's true. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a whole other topic we can go into another time. Oh, I know. That's, <laughs> like, that's obviously another big, big topic about female sexuality, but for that, I can advertise that that will be the topic of my first event. So, so if anyone wants to be part of that, then please um, do visit Une Sur Cent. Um, and um, I will share that in, in the notes as well. But yeah, let's, let's continue this, this global female conversation. Maybe we can, yeah. we can call it something. I, I'll have to think about it. If you have an idea, let me know. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm excited, what, <clears throat> I'm excited to see what happens with the first event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I will let you know, and um, yeah, we'll think about the idea of streaming it so so that it can be recorded, and then you could see it even in LA. Yeah, that'd be great because I want to travel again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I yeah, at one point you will be life with us even if it's, mm -hmm. or I will do one in LA, who knows, right? That who knows, be yeah. Never know. Yeah, since now you have the math too, from Frida, from Thura Studios. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. excited to try it out. Yeah. So I just got great. a Peloton, so I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> so very cool. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Yeah, so um, thank you super much for, for, for having this, this conversation with me. And um, yeah. yeah, and uh, for having me. bye to LA. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon again. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>